0: I don't know if he's going to teach from the floor, going to teach from the platform. Totally his his call. Um, I was just thinking about what Dave said when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things will be added unto you. How many of you know that when we seek other things first, things get taken away instead of added to? You know, when we seek other things first and our priorities are out and things are messed up and God isn't first, we lack in our life. But when God is first, he continually adds to us. So I would encourage all of you guys to always be mindful that he is your first priority. He's your first. He is the first love. He he has to be number one in order for everything else to flow correctly in your life. And one gentleman that seems to have done that in a marvelous way is my little brother, Bradley White, Um, (laughs) people are going to go, I didn't know he was your brother. He is a man of God. And let me tell you something, um, he has an evangelistic call on his life that is just powerful. I was going through, we have a record in the back. We keep a record of everything you do. (laughs) I was going through good guys, bad guys, making a list and checking it twice. I was going through the baptismal records because someone had wanted a record. Page after page after page because you list who's baptizing you, who has done. This young man of God has won so many people. To the Lord. I don't know if you realize how many people you've influenced, how many people you have won because of your testimony and the way that you walk and the evangelistic call that God has placed on your life is only, it's just begun. I just see so much more fruit coming in your life in those areas. And and he just tells the truth and he just loves God and he just lives his life for him. And because of that, his life bears much fruit in the kingdom. And so I'm encouraged and excited to release him upon you tonight, mm-hmm. Mr. No Brad pressure. White, no Pastor Brad White. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No pressure. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's no pressure after an introduction like that. Somebody finna get saved tonight. Mm. And what an honor and a privilege it is to even share this stage with the pastors that we have here and the mighty men and women of God who have gone before me and welcomed me into this family and showed me love is just it's overwhelming man it's, it really it truly was christ i saw christ when i came here and i pray that you do too as, as you enjoy the fellowship of this church i pray that you see christ in it uh, let's go to the lord in prayer and ask for his blessing on this night it's already here we just have to receive it and press into it so father we just thank you for this night father we thank you for our very lives that we have made it to this point in the day father god every minute of every hour you have orchestrated it all for every one of us to be here tonight father to hear your word to hear your voice tonight father i pray that our ears will be open to hear you speak tonight father let everything that i say fade away to the background father let none of it stick but everything that is of you let it penetrate all the way through the soul father god so that it may resonate deep inside by the power of the holy spirit father Let your word reign in this place tonight, Father, for those who are seeking tonight. I pray they find you tonight, Father. For those who have come in with heavy burdens, Father God, I pray that they be released in the name of Jesus tonight. Father, for all of those who, are been, who have been confused, have anxiety, Father God, have unforgiveness in their hearts. Father, for all of those who, who can't get it on track, Father, I pray that you will pick them up tonight, hold them in your hand, Father, and restore them here tonight in the name of Jesus. We just ask for your blessing over this service and over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody ready to get saved yet? Okay, I'll keep going. So the the word tonight that we're talking about is Jesus at the center. It's the summer series. It's what everybody's been talking about. What does it mean to have Jesus at the center of your life? And there's a lot of things going on in society around us that would take us off of the central focus of knowing Christ. Amen. There's a lot of things that are distractions from the enemy. There's a lot of societal pressures that are going on right now. All you have to do is have a Facebook account, put your email in there, your password and log in. All of a sudden you have all types of information there at your hands that you did not, that you weren't even aware of. There's things going on, right? I never saw a rebel flag uh, here recently until they banned it. You know, now I see them everywhere, but I didn't see it before that because there was no awareness because I wasn't looking there. Someone just had to bring it to my attention now and distract me with something that isn't really focused on Christ. And I can lose my focus and I can lose my center because now I'm worried about something else that's trivial. You know, this word right here, we have a tendency to approach this word with our own uh, preconceived notions, with our own experiences. So as I'm reading this word, I think about my life and the things that I've seen and the people that I know and the character that I've seen displayed. And that's how I approach this word. Now, if I am. Uh, left-leaning or right-leaning uh, in a political arena or in my values, then when I approach this word, I'm going to see it a little bit askew. But that's okay. I'm here to tell you tonight that whether you are coming from this side or that side, Jesus is at the center of the word. And so whether you agree with everything that I say or not, you and I should agree that Jesus is Lord and that he has the power to save us. That he paid the price for our very lives. And if we can't agree on anything else, we should be able to agree on that. Let's keep that the central focus of what we're doing. Let's keep that the central focus of why we even speak or engage or have fellowship or are even here tonight. We're here for Jesus. Amen. Are we here because of what Christ has done for us? We don't come here just to fellowship. It's part of the package. It's part of the fun. (laughs) I love fellowshipping with you guys. I love hanging out out here in these hallways and and hurting Cole and, and as he's walking by and, and things of that nature. You know, I enjoy the conversations that we have in these hallways, but that's not really all we're here for. We're here for Jesus. We're here to learn about him. We're here to try to follow him better. We're here to worship him. We are here to uh, engage our minds and our hearts and our souls to see what is in this Bible and what makes it real. I've seen this scripture toss around a lot and you probably have too. So I want to bring a little bit of clarity to it. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. They maybe come from it from different angles, but this is probably a scripture that you hear a lot that you've heard misconstrued or you hear just parts of. That scripture is judge not lest ye be judged. So a lot of people say you can't judge me because Hey, if you're a Christian and you believe in the Bible and it says this, then you can't do this. Isn't it funny that people who are in sin, they know what the Bible says you ain't supposed to do, but they don't know what the Bible says they ain't supposed to do? <laughs> I was right there too, you know what I mean? I'm no stranger to that. But the emphasis wasn't really on judging others, it was about the heart condition of the person doing the judging. It wasn't for you to, oh, you can't judge me. It's what does your heart look like in judging me? If you are judging me, what does your heart look like? That would be my question if you're judging somebody and you're saying something about them. What does your heart look like while you're doing that? Is it to benefit them? Is it to promote them? Is it to accept them? Is it to encourage them and build them up and say, hey, what you're doing is killing you. There's life over here. I can help you get there. I'll walk with you. We'll go together. There's prosperity. There's life. There's abundance over here. But where you're going, there's death. Is that why you're judging them? Are you judging them so that you can tell them that they're wrong and you're right? There's an underlying theme all the time. Sometimes we sometimes we say that and we point that finger because we want the the pat on the back for ourselves to say, hey, I'm but I'm doing better than them. I'm doing a good job. I'm not doing what y'all are doing. I'm doing better. Uh, do we have that scripture up, uh, Luke chapter six? So at the end of that verse, Jesus actually says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the whole point of saying, judge not lest ye be judged, the whole point of that was to say, if you remove the plank from your eye, then you can see clearly of what you need to pinpoint to get to the other person's problem. Maybe the sin really isn't their problem. Maybe it's just a symptom of their problem. I'm looking for the speck. Right. If I'm looking for somebody else, I'm looking for, I'm looking at the speck because I want to help you. As Christians, that's the life that we're supposed to leave. That's that's how we live that scripture out. Amen. We're, we're, we're trying to remove the plank from our own eyes so that we can see somebody to help them. How's it feel when you got a speck in your eye? I mean, I'd be in a mirror for like two hours putting visine in there, doing the little eyelash thing, and then it don't work. And then you're like, why is this thing still here? I feel like it's like a, a, a razor blade in there. And it's just a little tiny speck. That's what we're there for. That's what we're there to assist people with is to help them. It's not to judge them. It's not to bring negative things their way. Y'all having fun yet? No. Okay, sit tight. Sit tight. Hang in there, man. Hang in there. The, the arm bar is going to come down. you finna to go on a ride, okay? Can I get that uh, First John scripture? Did I give you that one? She don't have all my scriptures. She just got some of them, so some of them I'm going to have to read to you. It's uh, no, no, no. That wasn't, that wasn't it. It's Mark chapter 10. I'm sorry. OK, here we go. I love this scripture. I love this scripture because what it does is it, it reminds me of why I'm here. It reminds me why I'm in the body of Christ. It reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing. See, don't you come here for a directive do you come here for direction? Raise your hand if you come here for direction. If you come into the house of the Lord to go, hey God, I really need some help. I wanna walk out this Christianity thing. I wanna follow you. I'm really having trouble with that. How do I do that? Is that why we're here? That's why I'm here. That's why I come here. I want people that'll tell me the truth from this stage and will say, hey, if you're doing this, let's let's tweak that a little bit and let's go here. If you're headed this direction, Look at what's over here. Look what's available. Look what Jesus did for us so we could walk here. This is one of those places. Sometimes. Uh, and I'm, I'm a prime example. When I came to Christ, I thought I'm going to give my life to Christ. Everything's going to get better. All the gray clouds, they're going to part away. Sunny skies are coming my way. And then the plane crashed. So if you're seeking Christ out of selfish motives, a selfish ambition, there's really nothing to be had there. And it seems crazy because we're talking about a salvation thing where it is selfish, isn't it? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be where Christ is. Uh, We were just talking about this in Bible study the other day. I was driving down the street and I saw all these uh, billboards. Uh, they were talking about abortion, like one after the other, after the other. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like somebody's going to see this and they're going to change their mind because this is getting deep. Like this is some real stuff. And one of my friends said, yeah, um, that's one of the things that led me to get saved, because I saw one of those billboards that said, where will you spend eternity, heaven or hell? And I had to think about that and I didn't want to see it because I knew the answer was hell. Here we are. We're walking through our lives. We pretend a lot like hell doesn't exist. So we get our little fire insurance card. But the point being is that it's real. It really is real. There is separation from God. And other people that we we think that we're helping them or we think that we're not. I don't want to be too hard on them or I don't want to say that. They're dying because we're not telling them the information that they need to know, because it's not politically correct, because it's over the top, because it might hurt somebody's feelings. That's not what we're here for, guys. We're really we have the keys to life. Who has the keys to life? Who knows where they're at? Who knows where they're at? You know where the keys to life are at? Because somebody doesn't. And they're looking for theirs. OK, cool. All right. I give my life to Christ. All right. Just stay on board with me. Stay in the seats. OK, the roller coaster is about to come to a stop. So we have this scripture here. And when we come into the body of Christ and we have that little selfish moment of I don't want to go to hell and now I'm saved and now ooh, praise the Lord, man, he's so good. You see what he did for me. He forgave all of my sins, all the stuff that I did. He's not counting against me now. I have grace, I have mercy, I have forgiveness. But then he wants us to follow him. How many people can do what Jesus did? How many people can do what Jesus did? How many people can live the way Jesus lived? Aren't we supposed to be trying to do that if we're following him? I know we're going to fall short. We will. But aren't we supposed to be trying? Aren't we supposed to be following? See, because if I'm following somebody, then what I'm doing is I'm seeing where they're going and then I'm going where they're going. I'm seeing what they're doing and then I'm doing what they're doing. This is following. This is me following Christ. He's leading the way. He's showing me where to go. And when he says, hey, I didn't come to get served. I came to serve. Then what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? Does that mean sometimes I have to sacrifice things that I want to do in my life so that I can serve somebody else? Does that mean that I have to live my life in a selfless manner that it may seem like, hey, he's being selfish because he's doing all these things that it looks like it's for him. But when all actuality, what you're doing is you're sacrificing things so that it can be the betterment of somebody else's life. You ready to walk there? You talk about judgmental. See, people are going to judge you. People are going to judge you for that. But it's a good thing. Hold on. It's a good thing. What's that next scripture? Mark chapter eight. Y'all got y'all's Bible. See, Justin pulled that whole Bible trick. Talking about who's got their Bibles. I want to see them. I want to hear pages flipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Okay. I want to hear them pages that Mark chapter eight. Man, aren't these the hard teachings of Christ, though? Aren't these the ones? That like, oh, man, he said what? He said that? I can't believe he said that, man. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple, anybody want to be Christ's disciple? Anybody want to follow him? Oh, that's be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Man, that's tough. That is tough right there. That's countercultural, man. They don't say nothing about a Lamborghini. That <laughs> <I> just don't. <laughs> Does that say anything about me getting in a Lamborghini? Mm. That's right, message Bible. <clears throat> just kidding, just kidding. <clears throat> I'm for real, y'all. This is hard for me. Is this hard for y'all? Is this hard for y'all? Is it hard for you to n- deny yourself, to lay down your life for Christ? So that other people may see your example, may see your light, may see your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that hard to do? No, it's not hard. No, I'm just kidding. It is hard. There's a reason why it's hard, though. There's a reason why it's hard, though. We live in a sinful, fallen world, and our flesh—see, it be talking to us, right? Our flesh is saying things. Hey, go over here. Hey, there's a nice little distraction right here. And so then we get all consumed up with that thing that looks all nice and shiny. But then in the end, it has led to our death and demise and destruction because we can't live the life that God called us to live. It don't matter what it looks like on the outside. What matters is what's going on in here. And in here is where my trouble is at. In here is where the problem is at. Cuz guess what? We can come to church, smile at everybody, wave, shake hands, hug, how you doing? Love you. Good to see you again. Next thing you know though, inside everything is crumbling down. You trying to put on a are you trying to put on a good smile, you trying to put on a little show. But we all know everybody can't come into here full of joy every single week, every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. Sometimes you've got to be crying before you come in here. <laughs> oh, hey. Y'all quit doing that. I'm going to just be crying right out there in the hallway. Just let everybody see it. <laughs> For real. Hey, man, this life ain't easy. We need each other. We gotta have each other, man. That's why we come here. Because if I see you slipping and I call you out on it, don't get mad at me. Don't get upset with me. That's why you come here. You already subjected yourself to that. You like, well, hey, <laughs> right, right. If you're doing something, and I say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing that? And then you get all upset. Well, you, who are you supposed to be to judge me? I'm gonna say. <laughs> Like, Bro, that's why we're here, man. Ain't We following Christ ain't, ain't, ain't we disciples of Christ and we trying to follow him and we trying to live a holy life and we trying to lose our life so that we may find it. Aren't we trying to do that together? Y'all call me out on my stuff. If you see me messing up, call me out, man, I give you permission. Now, there's there's one in particular that'll get it every time. No, we're doing fine. we doing fine on time. So y'all know me, man. I'm kind of like a word person. Like before I get into something, like before I'm while I'm praying about what I'm supposed to share and God's kind of like dropping the, the little pieces of the puzzle into my spirit and kind of showing me here's where you need to go and here's what you need to talk about. Even though there's other stuff there, I'm like, God, what's my word? <laughs> like I want a word, just one word because it steers me it gives me direction it helps me focus it's like oh that's you somebody had asked me this week to uh, pray for it was an unspoken prayer and it was just kind of a hey can you pray for this person and I was like yeah sure okay cool so then I start praying for that person while I'm praying for that person (laughs) I've been praying for my word the whole time right (laughs) The whole time I've been praying for my word, like, God, was my word? Then this person asked me to pray for somebody, and I'm praying for them, and all of a sudden God just says, it's truth. It's truth. This person needs truth in their life. And I'm like, man, what does that mean? You know, so I'm praying more. I'm praying more. I'm like, God, what is this truth that they need? Do they need to do they need to hide in the truth? Are they running from the truth? Do they need to speak the truth? What do they need? What is this truth? What do they need? And he said, it's me. And he showed me a little symbolism of this person driving a car and Jesus was standing on the side and they looked over and they slowed down to see if it was him and then they just kept going. I was like, that's weird. So I prayed for that person, man, and I, and I prayed that God touched them wherever they were at in that moment. You know what I mean? I prayed that whatever it was that they needed to hear, that God spoke to them. So he gave me that little vision. And then while I'm praying for my word, still, God give me my word. <laughs> and, it, and it lines up just with what I saw. Because the word was drip. The word was drip. And drip, I started thinking about what the word drip means, and it was divine divine revelation is power. Divine revelation is power. Divine revelation is power. So this person that's driving down the street... They didn't have the divine revelation. I can come up with revelation on my own. I can come up with good ideas. I can come up with good thoughts. You probably can, too. But if they're not from God, then they're not his will. And so, therefore, we have no power behind it to accomplish the thing that we're looking to accomplish. There's a divine revelation that leads to power. Can we can we look at Matthew chapter 16? So you probably you probably remember this story when Peter, uh, when Jesus asked Peter, yeah, you know, they had the, the other people were talking about who is Jesus. We think he may be Elijah. We may we think he may be a prophet. And then Jesus asked Peter, he said, yeah, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? This same question everybody in this room has to ask themselves. Jesus asked you the same question. Everybody in this room. What about you? Who do you say that I am? That's what he does. So Peter responds, I I believe that you are the Christ, the holy one from God. Right. Let's look at at, verse 17. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. So Peter didn't just come up with some idea. He didn't just go, oh, you know what? I finally get it now. Oh, you're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You've been doing all these miracles. You've been fulfilling all this scripture. You know what? My mind finally wraps around it. I get it now. I've studied hard. I've learned my lesson. You're Jesus. No, Jesus says you're so blessed because flesh and blood can't even reveal this to you. His divine revelation is power. That's what emboldened Peter. That's what gave him the power to believe. Divine revelation. People who had the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah were the ones whose faith was commended, who were healed, who were forgiven, and who were saved. Divine revelation always puts Jesus at the center. The Old Testament points to Jesus, right? Right? Oh, y'all never read that. Okay. I'm gonna go question number two. When I first came to know the Lord, I had went into a church. Some of y'all probably heard this story. Some maybe not. So, me and my best friend were selling drugs, he got arrested. They came to my house, they served a search warrant. I went to his house, I said, what are we gonna do? We got some last minute transactions that we have to make, we have some things that we have to do, some things we have to clear up. Uh, We can't do anything right now, the police are watching us. So I have this idea hey, you know what we could do? There's this guy that I work with. He'd been inviting me to his church, man. And we can go to this church, right? So if the police are watching us, they're going to be like, oh, they just going to church, right? Because that's how police think, right? Right, Adam? Uh, so, yeah, you know, police, they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're good guys now. They're going to church. So, you know, we go to the church parking lot, we're talking about some things, we go into we just go into the place, we sit on the back row, we're on the very back row, you know, they're doing worship, having a good time, blah 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 blah, putting the oil on people's heads, uh, This and that stuff crazy stuff I've never seen, some kind of Pentecost or something. Um, So we're sitting on the back row and all of a sudden, I mean, the preacher's just talking regularly, you know, he's just saying stuff, you know, Jesus and Jesus and blah, blah, blah. You know, because I'm not really listening. Next thing I know, the Holy Spirit just come over him and he starts just reading our mail, telling our business. I'm talking about, I'm talking about places, amounts of money that he couldn't know about. I mean, and the figures were just, I mean, they were right on the money. It was just like stuff that you just, you was like, so we back there talking next thing, you know, we like, huh? <laughs> did he just say. So, you know, it got our attention. Next thing, you know, church service is over. We trying to slide on out, you know, yeah, that was great. We get to the front door and here he is, you know, he and he says, hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Ooh. clears throat> Yeah, it's going great, dude. Everything in life is wonderful. And he said, uh, have you boys been baptized? i like, hold up, bro. We just got here. You know what I mean? It's our first time visiting a church. You going to ask me, have I been baptized? Ain't that a personal question? <sighs> getting all in my stuff, man. So I'm like, no, no, you know, we probably ain't going to. We might hold off on that. Sounds like a good idea, though. You know, I'll check back in with you here in a few weeks. Maybe then you know let me sleep on it so we keep coming back and we keep coming back and i told my homeboy, i'm like dude i just i never seen nothing like this in my life i was like i just i've never seen that i've never seen somebody know everything about what i was doing and had no clue i'm like how does that happen how can that even be possible dude so we're in seeking mode We're in seeking mode then because we're like, okay, there's got to be an answer to this. We're looking for something. And it was God's divine revelation. That he was real and that he loved us and that he wanted to forgive us. And we needed that forgiveness. Like bad, like, man, does God trump the state of Tennessee? Because I really want to pull that card. You know what I mean? Like it's, like I could really use that right now, but sometimes you gotta hit that low point before you'll be able to realize, "Oh my gosh, He loves me." Guys, we were down to nothing. I mean, when every plan has failed, when you can't talk to nobody, when it seems like nobody understands your situation, when you stayed up late at night trying to figure out the route that you're gonna take, but you have no clue because they're all dead ends. That's when he shows up. Matter of fact, he's been there the whole time. That's when you realize that he's there. <laughs> he's there the whole time. So after that, um, you know, my friends, they started seeing a change in me. They started see, you know, like, man, is he does he is he carrying a Bible? Like, <laughs> did y'all see that? <laughs> like, man, dude, he done lost it. We went to the air show, right? The little blue angels things, they was flying around and stuff. My homeboy was like, you know, like, man, let's go see the blue angels. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Let's go. You know, like, are you really bringing a Bible? Like, are you going to have time to read a Bible at the blue angels show? Like, we're going to be watching blue angels, dude. Well, when are you going to be reading that Bible? I'm like, dude, you just don't know, man. I might need this. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's people got questions. You know what I mean? And I don't have all the answers, but I know where they at. But I know where they at. And I wasn't afraid to carry it around. I wasn't afraid to leave it in the car and I wasn't afraid to bust it out and tell somebody about it either. Because, guys, I don't know everything. Well, how, how are you supposed to know everything that's in here? You can know the, the principles. You can know the stories. You can know the themes and the heart matters. But to find that certain scripture that somebody needs right there in that moment that they struggling with. Man, I might need to check my references. <laughs> you ever had to do that? You ever had to go and, and seek some more advice? You ever went to like a higher authority, somebody who's a little more experienced than you? It's right here. It's right here. So as we're doing that, you know, and I'm still kind of living a, l- a little bit of a halfway life because I'm, I'm coming to church, but I'm still not all the way in because I, there's some things that I just can't give up yet. And uh, so, uh, you know, me and Willie Nelson, we had a little something in common. We're both like chicken wings and uh, playing a harmonica. But um, so, you know, I'm coming to church. And I think they kind of sensed that maybe that was my lifestyle, that you know when he might be a little devil or something you know, I don't know, send him to Kurt, you know Kurt he's a he, he, he's a former drug addict, you know what I mean, he'll help him out. so <laughs> So I'm talking to Kurt one night, and I said, "Dude, I really love Jesus, man, I do." I was like, "I really do, man, but I love getting high too." And he was like, "Well, dude." The problem is that you're focusing on Jesus. The problem is you're focusing on getting high. If you was just focusing on Jesus, then you wouldn't even want to get high because he's going to get you high. Man, I was waiting for somebody to beat me over the head with a Bible. I was waiting on somebody to be like, get this dude out of here. He's messing up, y'all. Can you believe it? Like, come on, man. Really? You know, that's love, man. That's love. I hope you feel that love. I hope when you messing up, I hope you can tell somebody. When you struggling with something, I hope you ain't too ashamed to get it off your chest and say, hey, look, you know, I want to go here. But what about this thing that I'm doing? Because somebody in here might have already walked through that. Somebody in here might have the answer for you. And it's going to further your walk. You won't get closer to Christ because you wasn't too ashamed to share. So I'm over at my homeboy's house one night, you know, we eating chicken wings and playing the harmonica and all that. And, and the harmonica's going around and all that type of stuff. And, you know, and I know somewhere in my heart, you know, there's something in my heart that just ain't, you know, I'm like, man, you know, why I keep on doing this? Have you ever seen that commercial? There's a commercial that they did like shortly after that. And I was like, yes. And it was the one where the kids are sitting on the couch and they're all deflated down. They're like, Pfft. and they're like, they can't move and they can't do nothing. And it's like, you know, I don't know. This is your brain on drugs or whatever. But um, that's how I felt afterwards. I'm driving home. You know what? And I realized Everybody who was in that room sat there for three hours watching a football game. Didn't nobody get up. Didn't nobody move. Didn't nobody say nothing to nobody. I was like, dude, what kind of life is that? But God spoke to me. I had a divine revelation. God spoke to me and he said, is this how you going to use my time? If you ain't hearing God's voice, (laughs) look, if you ain't hearing God's voice, it's because you ain't reading your Bible. I'm looking for stuff, y'all. I'm looking for stuff. I'm like, God, where you at? God, where you at? God, speak to me. Sometimes I'm crying because I'm like, God, I want you to talk to me because I know I'm doing wrong. Talk to me, please. I'm on my way home and God said, this is how you going to, are you wasting my time? This is what you're going to do with my time. Man, the conviction that just sat on me, right? Well, that was the last day that I ever... Played the harmonica and ate chicken wings at the same time. (laughs) Last time I ever got high was September 27, 2009. And from that point on, see, it started separating me from people. It wasn't that exact thing, but that thing connected me to a lot of places that was leading me other places that once I broke that tie, then I started to move this way and other things started to open up in my life. See, you may think, hey, this one thing that I'm doing, it really ain't that bad. But it's got a tie. It's holding you to a place and you can't go to the next place because you are going on that one. Just one thing. It's just one thing. I got two testimonies here and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be be done. Hopefully we can get is this is this right? Okay. Maybe I can get through it. so i just met my uh my other brother-in-law you know here recently and uh he's a real character man you know i love the guy i really do uh so he shows up at my house at uh midnight uh with like a shotgun shell holster full of essential oils and a um a hawaiian t-shirt on and a fig tree in his hand, and a five-gallon jug of water. You can't make this stuff up, you really (laughs) can't. But he comes in, man, and I'm tired, y'all, it's midnight, I'm like, man, people, y'all, you know what? People don't do this, man. When people come to your house, you don't show up at midnight, you know what I mean? But I had known from reading my word that Jesus actually said one time that if somebody came in the middle of the night knocking on your door and they was asking for bread, y'all remember that story? Okay, so I know what to do. (laughs) All right, I know what to do. Like I could get upset. I was like, are you kidding me? For real, I'm going to sleep. No. So I stayed up, I listened to him. He talked about some things, got some things off of his chest. I'm like, cool whatever. That's awesome. I'm here. I'm listening to you. He's talking about, some, about how he didn't have much clothes. So before he left, I was like, man, you know what? I got some shirts that don't really fit me anymore because my wife's a good cook and everything. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I actually got some clothes that just, they, you know, they just don't fit no more. So I was like, you know what? I got some things for you, man. Hold on. So before he left, I gave him some shirts. I was like, you know, that's the least I could do, right? I have extra stuff. So he was here the other week when I was doing an offering, and I had brought up that scripture where John was talking about keep keep fruit uh, <laughs> that bears with your repentance, and is said if you have two tunics, then give to the one who has none. And I was using that scripture, and he actually heard that, and then later on he said, hey man. That was real, what you said. I said, word. What you mean? He said, man, it's, it's real, dude. You was living it. And I didn't even think about it because it had been so long. It was so much time ago. So he pulls out his little, his phone and he's showing me a picture of him and his, and his girl. And, it, and he's wearing one of the shirts that I gave him <laughs> in the picture. I was like, oh, that's, oh, oh. That's what you was talking about. That was it. And that's not n- saying nothing about me because I had forgotten about it. Honestly, it wasn't even. It really wasn't like I was like, "Hey, man, you remember those shirts I gave you?" Because they didn't. They didn't fit me no more. It was, you know, I didn't really miss them. You know, I was kind of glad to see them gone because then I quit putting them on and feeling bad. You know. <laughs> But the point of all of that was, man, people are watching our lives and they see us, man, over the long term, over the long haul. Are you really reading your word? Are you really trying to apply the things that you see in it? Because it ain't easy. Some of the things does require you to do things. There is a requirement. Sometimes you don't just get to fly off the handle and say the things that you want to say, even though that's more fun. Sometimes you gotta bite your tongue. Sometimes you gotta forgive. Sometimes you gotta bless somebody even when you think you don't have it, but you do. We all blessed up in here, man. We all rich, whether it be in love, whether it be in friendship, whether it be in fellowship, whether it be with material things, whether it be in our families, whether it be with the jobs that we have or the impact on lives that we get to make. We're all richly blessed, y'all. And when we start living like that, then people are going to see our light. They're going to see it shine. They're going to want to know what we got, and they're going to want to know how to get it. And it's up to us to equip ourselves so that we can share that with them, man, because they need it, y'all. I'm going to let you get out of here. But um, before I do, if anybody does need prayer, if anybody needs prayer at the end, because we, I, you know, I know we're supposed to do 945. We're going to let you get out. But if anybody needs prayer at the end, come see me, cause I'd be glad to pray with you. You don't have to have music and you don't have to have, you know, the whole ambiance. It helps. But you don't have to have that. You know, we can actually pray like right there or out there or in the car. I mean, I pray with people in their car late at night. They, do, I don't know what to do. Okay. Then let's pray in the car. Man, we can pray anywhere we want to. And if you need prayer, then don't be afraid to ask, you know. So, Father, we just thank you for this night, and we thank you for the power of your divine revelation. God, I ask that tonight that whoever is, who has been seeking you will find you, God. Whoever's been knocking on that door, Father, that they continue to knock until you answer. Father, for those who have been afar off, that you will call them close. Father, for those who have been struggling with things, I pray that you will help them lay them down. Father, lay them at the feet of the cross, because it is only through the power of the cross that we are to attain our salvation. Father, to, to be the hope of glory, because it is you. God, I ask that you will just bless everyone who's here tonight. Father, that uh, whatever that uh, they need, Father God, that you will provide it. Whether it be a healing, whether it be financial things, whether it be uh, spiritual reconciliations, uh, whether it be the uh, relationships restored, Father God. I pray that you do it because Jesus is able because of the blood on the cross, Father, because of your blood, Lord, you make it possible. All things are possible through you. And Father, there are living testimonies in this room. Testimony after testimony after testimony of your faithfulness, of your goodness. And God, I pray that we see it here in the land of the living. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And Have a blessed night.